What would be more effective, Dave? 200 milligrams of NPP or 500 milligrams of NPP? Did you just blow Se a kiss at me? 700. 700 is the answer. This is the correct answer. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning back into the next episode of the Drugs and Stuff podcast. Today, Dave and I discussed the topic. Is TRT forever? We also have a bunch of listener questions. If you guys want to take part in the next show, let me encourage you to comment below. We will tackle your questions then. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost our show in the algorithm. You guys are awesome at that. We appreciate everything you do. This week for listener questions, we are asked, should you always run Masteron with Trend? What do we think about low-dose growth hormone with HGH Frag? How did Arnold and the guys control estrogen back in the day? Is UGL Anivar only 20% as good as Pharma Anivar plus a bunch more? I've got timestamps below if you want to skip around. And hey, if you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. Uh, this program comes out every Monday and we have several other bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Tons of education and entertainment from IPB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you do better at the sport that we love, have fun, and stay safe in the process. All right, guys, let's get to Dave. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Stanley Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Reach out to me if you have any questions about all their supplements. I just talked about CarboLoad. It was on sale for like $17.99. Great carbohydrate. You get like literally 30, 50 gram servings for $17.99. You can't freaking beat that. Uh, use our code THINK for additional savings. Also, check out evalbloodanalysis.com to get your lab work done by Dave if you're in the United Kingdom. Uh, also, go to Strom Sports Nutrition. You can get some great health supplements and some performance supplements there. And uh, check out. You tired, Dave? Tired? I've, I've, had a, I've not been so well for a couple of days. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, okay. And guys, last but not least, uh, check out supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. They have great deals rolling week to week. Uh, and of course, thank you to everybody from Patreon. All right. Well, listen, guys, we've got a couple topics today. Uh, plus, of course, we've got all your listener questions. If you want to take part in the next show, then comment below. We will take your questions then. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. Oh, and if you're new here, then let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We've got a bunch of content coming out. This show comes out every Monday on YouTube and on podcast app. So our topics today, we've got a couple of them. Um, we are going to discuss judging. Dave's been judging this year. He's got some thoughts he wants to share about that. And uh, we are going to discuss TRT. Is it forever? I think for a lot of us, we know the answer to this. And, and man, I'd want to be on TRT forever. But I, I recently had a client. He's a new client to me. Uh, 23 years old. He's been on gear for like three years. And he asked me, he's like, well, yeah, because eventually one day, you just mentioned it in passing. Yeah, when I'm done bodybuilding, I'm going to definitely be coming off all this so that I can recover my natural test. And I'm thinking to myself, ooh, you're 23 now. You want to, you've been on for three years straight. You're probably going to be on for several more years. Uh, you know, is, so I wanted to ask this question mainly for a lot of the newer guys. Is TRT forever, Dave? Potentially, and in most cases, yes. Um, people seem to get confused. When you take anabolics, even at a TRT dose, yeah. you will shut down. 
So your FSH and LH signaling, your G and RA signaling, stop. Because the Leydig cells are not stimulated by LH, the Leydig cells atrophy, they waste away and they get damaged. People seem to be under the impression, or some people at least, that TRT doesn't have the same effects as cycle. Mm. You don't get suppressed on TRT and then get super suppressed on cycle. You're suppressed, you're suppressed. Once you hit zero, there's fucking nowhere else you're going to go. Yeah. Zero, zero. Um, yeah, cycles will suppress you faster. Certain drugs have a longer impact. But the truth is, suppression and Leydig cell damage from TRT is exactly the same as suppression and Leydig cell from a cycle. Um, once you start getting six months or more, you already start to increase the risk of there not being a full recoverer. Yeah. Now, research-wise, Pope reckons that about eight cycles is the average where people, if you do eight cycles with PCT, with time off, by the eighth cycle, you will no longer recover and you are more likely to have to use TRT. And he estimates around 80%. Okay, yeah. Um, so... When it comes to um, people that are on for a year or twelve months, if you if you take you know eight cycles in in week format, you you're looking at probably two years, and that's with recovery in between. Yeah. So i would say 12 months 18 months of suppression is probably the the tipping point where recovery starts to become a challenge um loads of people will go oh, i just come off and i recover fine then i go back on and they don't they don't test they have no idea it's just that their test levels never get fucking low enough to create an impact yeah. because they're not on long enough and they slam back in very quick but the amount of people that will take a shot randomly and then either completely forget or, or, or conveniently forget that they've done it and then claim they've recovered. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're going to spend three years suppressed, you're, you are creating a, it's not impossible. I mean, I have seen people recover and there is obviously a very heavily quoted that documented guy, the Italian bodybuilder had been suppressed for 10 years, used uh, treptor, trep, and, yeah, and recovered. Huh. After, after 10 years, there was never a follow-up to see if that recovery was sustained and, and maintained. Because the other thing I tend to find as well is that if people do recover after a period of usage, they seem to decline again early. Yeah, PCT, even after you're off of it and things are running great, it's like it works for a little while. But generally, people get back on cycle before they'd find out if that was going to last, right? Yeah, but I mean, I've even seen so then this is obviously you can't take the same person and repeat the process, but I've seen people that have had years of anabolic use. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of years of anabolic use. They've decided it's not for them anymore. They've PCT'd. Yeah. And they might be in their early 30s, and they've made decent recovery, but then by the time they get into the end of the 30s, their test levels are crashing and, and everything's going downhill. So I do think that not only can you damage the cells – so that you don't recover or recover properly in the first instance, you can actually still make a full recovery, but find that you have an early decrease further on in life, earlier than you would have expected normally. Sure. 
Yeah, I could I could see that. Um <clears throat> But TRT, yeah, I mean if 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 your balls don't work, your balls don't work. They, they ain't gonna miraculously recover. And, and, and the amount of people that strangely think that by running tests at TRT you will help recover your testicles is astronomical and it's like people please just learn the basics of how shutdown and pct works because it will really help you make decisions about how you plan your cycles and what you're looking forward or looking to you know in your your life of cycling i mean the amount of times i've had to explain to people that look mate you're drug dependent and they've been quite shocked and quite upset by the fact that they've created a scenario that could risk their fertility Exactly. And that's the reason why I, I know this is a basic topic, but it's the exact reason I wanted to cover this because like, honestly, man, if we could help even a handful of people figure that out before, you know, there, there's people that message us and they're like, oh, I'm on my first cycle right now. Well, keep in mind, this could be your future, you know, if you continue to stay on the TRT after. Um, another thing that I've noticed is after you've been on for an extended time, psychologically it's really difficult to recover like you know you take this guy who's 23 years old he's been on for a few years could you recover i think that there's a chance that you could possibly recover still but will a 23 year old guy stop taking everything do his pct and then deal with that next year of feeling not his best you know libido might not be where you would want it to be performance might not be where you want it to be and your composition might not be where you want it to be either and that might have to be a long-term you know cross that you bear in order to get back to producing again i don't see a lot of people who are willing to go through all of that to get to that recovery well, people aren't even willing to do a fucking PCT, which is why they they, they opt to go TRT or cruise or whatever you want to call it, um, because a PCT is not the most pleasant thing to go through for most people. You're going to have a period of low hormones. You're going to have a period of being a bit emotionally disturbed, um, and that's it. And it's like, well, I don't want that. Well, fine, but then don't be bitching in three years' time when you can't have kids and your dick don't fucking work and you're drug dependent, even though at this point you don't want to train anymore and you've met the girl of your dreams and you want to have kids and you want to do this, now you're drug dependent. Well, yeah. you should have thought of that when the option of was do a PCT or not because there is no denying that the old-school approach of cycle PCT is and will preserve your fertility for longer than the new-school approach of Blast and Cruise. Sure. All right. Well, we'll cut it there. I, I think that was, you know, like I said, it was it was almost like a public service announcement for some of our newer people. Seriously, because I do it. It it does shock me to see some of the people that are getting into things that are really over their head because they didn't realize, you know, the, the, the long term decisions that they were inadvertently making. But we had another little topic that we we're going to talk about. Dave, you've been doing some judging, especially this past year or so. Uh, and, and you wanted to, and the season's wrapping up and you wanted to talk about some disgruntled people. I think you wanted to call people out and by name. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, a part in part is to deal with that topic though. Uh, but in part is also to give people a little bit of insight into the judging process. So they understand a little bit more what's going on. Yeah. Um, so the first thing is, when you stand on stage, you ask a panel of people's opinion on your physique. Um, 
that could be a panel of seven, nine, eleven, thirteen, depending on what level you're competing at and depending on what federation it is. Um, now, those judges should judge to a criteria that is set by the federation in which you compete and the class in which you compete. So when it comes to bodybuilding, you're looking at balance, symmetry, proportion, muscle mass, and condition. Um, if you've got two exacting physiques, you would then potentially look more at presentation and even down to skin quality and things like that. Yeah. Uh, if you've got someone that's really, really close. But it's rare you go to that because people's bodies are so different. But you're asking people's opinions. You know, I'm not saying that dodgy judgment doesn't happen because we all know it does. But at the same time, you can't bitch and fucking moan if you ask seven people their opinion and they don't give you the opinion you wanted. Yeah. You know, they're there to give you their opinion on your physique and their opinion can be very much influenced as well by their own training, their own experience. I mean, for argument's sake, Anyone who's trained for any period of time knows how hard it is to build a big, thick, dense back and a good set of wheels. So they may be a little bit more rewarding towards a physique that has those against mm -hmm. a physique that doesn't because they know the times we've been put in the gym to get there. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that you see a lot of people and they'll go, well, how did he win? He wasn't in proper condition. Well, no, he wasn't. And But there isn't a direct correlation with this, you know. So you have three people on stage. One carries 25% more muscle than everybody else. Yeah. And he's balanced and he's proportioned, but he's three weeks out from, from proper condition or two weeks out from proper condition. And then you've got two other guys that are shredded, but they've got less muscle or they're less proportionally balanced. Now, to me, and this differently but to me oh, dave froze up on us just like when he was getting to the crux of what he was gonna say we lost oh you back yeah i'm back okay you you were right in the crux of what you're gonna say you were like but to me and then you went okay it's okay sorry uh for some reason <laughs> we keep getting freeze points but to me it's bodybuilding not body dieting hmm. and though condition is important Condition difference between the people on stage in this false scenario is yeah. two weeks. The difference between his muscle mass and their muscle mass is three fucking years. Mm, yeah. You see, you know, so, and it, the same comes with body parts. You know, if someone has a bit of gyno, then you obviously mark them down on their front shots. Uh, well, you don't mark down, actually. It doesn't actually happen. But, you, you know, it's going to detract from their front shots right i know what you meant and you you could look at it well their chest is not quite right because they've got gyno but if the guy next to him's got a shit back then that's sort of even out you know what i mean so he's got a bad chest he's got a bad back yeah which one is the worst <laughs> you know and, and there's things like that that people don't seem to be able to to split up and consider they'll see a guy on stage with huge legs and an average upper, but the legs will be shredded, the glutes will be in, they'll be, well, yeah, they're in that condition because they've got much greater development in their legs. But, again, we come back to, it's balance, proportion, and symmetry, yeah. muscle mass and condition. You know, so a guy that's smaller, but balanced in proportion, 
can often place higher and better than a guy that's thick and dense in three or four body parts, but then has three or four body parts that are woefully underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you look at judging, first of all, don't bitch if you don't get the answer you wanted because you've asked somebody's opinion, and if you don't like it, tough shit, you've asked their opinion. And, and two, it's not all about condition. It's not all about size. It is the balance between these things. And when you think about it in terms of time and effort and development, size to an extent, in my opinion, is going to better condition when the variables are only slightly up. Don't get me wrong. If someone comes in eight weeks out, but he's absolutely fucking huge, he's never going to win a guy who's shredded, even if he's... Right. half the size yeah you know it's got to it's got to be you've got to get somewhere near but if there's a week 10 days two weeks sort of effective lack of conditioning in somebody from a diet point of view but there's no one near them for balance symmetry proportion and muscle mass then to me they're, they're the winner all day long and i think that's been happening more here i can't comment on shows over there but here in the states when i first got started you got your happy octopus there uh it, it, we can tell dave's mood whether he brings out the happy octopus or the angry octopus. So, but I, here in the States, uh, when I first got into competition, it was all based on your condition and a guy who was absolutely peeled could win a show. And you know what? You got to play your strengths. So if your strength is being able to get absolutely peeled, then you damn well better bring that. Uh, mm. Does that mean that you're going to win anymore? I do think that, that it is more of a balance nowadays that they've at least here in the states they've gone more back to the balance of the three factors we're looking at condition symmetry and muscle size and if you can get a balance of those three things you don't have to be the most muscular guy you don't have to be the most shredded guy you know you don't even have to be the most symmetrical all you have to do is have the right balance of those three things put together and that's what could make you stand out so i i'm, I'm totally with you but at the end of the day Remember what your strengths are and definitely play those strengths. I would rather see a guy a little bit softer and still full and round if full and round was his strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's like three seconds beat a first, a fourth, and a fifth, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, yeah. If, you're, if you're not the best in each category, but you're up there and consistent, you'll do better than the guy that's number one in condition but lacks legs or lacks this or lacks that. Um, but, yeah, I just think people sometimes fail to look at the bigger picture of it. And the other thing as well is, as a judge, especially in the bigger shows, you've not got a lot of fucking time. No, yeah. Dude, there's 31 um, people at the Olympia in men's open bodybuilding this year. Exactly, and you're judging them from the moment they step on stage. Yeah. Um, and you have to sort them fast. And, and, and very often it's quite harsh in that you'll go, shit, 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 boom. They're not even in my top 10. Don't even need to consider them. Yeah. You know, and then you you might place the bottom three and you might get the top three as who's there, but not in the order you want them. And, and you sort of sort it out like that in sections, trying to narrow it down as fast as you can and then going back and then finalizing between you know, the ones you've got, right, is he first or is he second, is he second or is he third, and, and just slowly adjusting and moving them around so you get to a final decision. But, yeah, I mean, very often there'll be four guys, five guys in the front of the stage doing comparisons, and you're not fucking interested in them because you've already judged them. You know where you want them. You're looking at the three guys stood at the back of them to the left because you haven't got them in places yet. 
Yeah, which is a good reason to always remain your best on stage. Mm. You know, I could get into that. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot that I I could get into. It would help to have pictures too that we could actually show people. You know, but I I think this is good, and and I think this too, like you said, if you are stepping on stage, you are asking for somebody's opinion. You have to remember always that it is an opinion, and it's going to differ based off of the lineup you're standing in. It could be completely different the next, even the next week, like one week later. You could get a completely different outcome. I think the well, key that I've always looked at, Dave, is that if I wasn't as successful as I wanted to be, I would ask myself, okay, even if there was politics going on, even if I didn't feel like I got a good look, well, what do I have to do to be undeniable next time? You know, and if you can do that, then you, you can't not win, you know? And you can't judge off, you know, your last checking pictures or the photos you did in the gym the day before or even the week before. Because you're not truly judged until you're compared to your peers. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen, particularly happens in the females quite a bit, girls get moved up a class because their condition is too hard for, say, bikini. So we're going to move you into trained bikini. Yeah, which we don't so have you, here. No. So you take them out of bikini and you move them into trained bikini, which is bikini level of muscle development, but just leaner, effectively. Right. And then you put them in that class, and all of a sudden they don't look hard yeah. because the girls they're studying next to now are in condition and all of a sudden, oh, they're a bit soft actually, but they were too hard, you know, so you get these problems as well. Yeah. Um, and, and people look at winners and go, oh, well, they won, so that must be what they're looking for. No, it's just they were the least shittest fucker stood on stage on that day. <laughs> you know, there's got to be a winner. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a good representation of what you're looking for. It just means that everybody else was that fucking crap. They were the best that you had. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's move on because we have a bunch of questions. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see what we can get through here. Guys, like I said before, if you want to take part in the next show, feel free to comment. Um yeah, the, the, we, this is from the last episode uh, question. Oh, you know what? There's one other thing I do want to add. So yesterday I saw a message saying, hey, you guys have ignored my question the last two weeks. You know, I'm from Australia. He said, uh, so look at my question this week. Guess what? He posted on an old episode. And since then, I've gotten 500 comments on YouTube. I can't remember where his, you got a comment on the latest episode that comes out Monday. We record 24 hours, 24 hours later and we take the questions then. So if we don't get to your question, it's no hard feelings. We do everything that we can. If you really wanted to get a hold of us, uh, reach out to us. I've got our contact information in the description. Um, question. No, it's because Scott shit at his job. That's the real reason. And he hates you and he doesn't want to answer <laughs> your question. Dave, don't tell him that. I told you not to say that on the air. Um, I have always been told to keep estrogen low while running trend also, uh, was told by a subject to always run mast with trend since mast will lower estrogen. Do you think it is a good idea to pair up with trend, uh, pair trend up with mast to keep estrogen on the lower end of the range? So first of all, are we, is this person loyalty, royalty? Because I thought, because I thought only royal people had subjects. Yeah, either that or like he's a cop. You know, I don't know. Mm. Can you be like anyway, a subject or? Um, the, the, obviously, the problem with with trend for most people is that when they test, the trend's going to show as estrogen and giving them adulterated high reading. Good point. Um, 
So it's not, yes, there are tests that you can do the LCMS that you can do that will negate that problem, but it's not cheap and it's not easily available. And in the UK, it takes about fucking three weeks to get the results. <coughs> However, what I am a little bit curious about is you mentioned running Tren and Mast. Yeah. Tren doesn't turn to estrogen, my friend. And mast is anti-estrogenic. So if you ran tren and mast only, your estrogen levels would be in the fucking tank. I totally assumed he had test in there. I totally he, assumed, but he didn't say it. He may well do. I mean, if we're assuming he has tests, then yes, masteron is, is a viable anti-estrogen control in a way where you can get a double hit because you get an anabolic action from the masteron and then you get the anti-estrogen effect from the masteron. Uh, Primo is is very similar as well, but it's not it's not too hard to to guesstimate where you need your mass to control your your test. Yeah, uh, but it's not an exact science. But the difficulty is then where I would normally say test your bloods, see where it is, and adjust accordingly. Because of using trend, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, the the alternative would be to run your baseline which we are assuming in this case is test and mast, uh, for a few weeks, test your estrogen levels, make sure you've got everything where you want it, then add the trend. Yeah. But that that will elongate your cycle or reduce the period of time you're running trend for, which may not be a bad fucking thing either, to be honest. Um, and do it that way. But, yeah, mast will work as an anti-estrogen, but so will an anti-estrogen. You don't have to use mast. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to add, and there is a there's been a trend towards using anabolics for anti-estrogen control. Mm-hmm. And though there's nothing wrong with it, um, if you want to run a 600 milligram cycle and you're having to run a thousand milligram cycle because you need that level of dosing in order to control the estrogen that you're trying to manage with DHTs, then it sort of defeats the object. And I'd rather just go with fucking aromacin and keep down at 600 mg. All right. Um, oh, I thought this was an interesting one. Daniel Adams asks us, what do you think of using low GH, like two to four units, and adding in HGH frag for fat loss to keep the GH sides low during prep, like water retention and high blood sugar? I would say this, Dave, that four units I wouldn't consider to be low for GH. <laughs> No, and, I was thinking that. I was thinking, hang on a minute, I'd only be running two to three IU with GH anyway. <laughs> and the fat loss that you get from, say, two to four units, let's say the fat loss you get from three units, is it going to be any better than the fat loss you get from five units? In my opinion, I haven't seen a big difference. I think that there's a little benefit, not a major benefit, but it's not like if you went to eight units, the fat loss is going to be that much greater, in my no, opinion. Not at all. Not at all. And I do think that, actually, though, there is something off the back of this. Hmm. There is argument, uh, which I wouldn't be opposed to, to run GH on an EOD protocol. Mm. So so every other day, and then alternate that with some form of peptidic growth hormone secretary. Um, So you, you, you pulsate your natural growth on Tuesday, and then you put the artificial GH in on Wednesday, and then you go back to the pulsation on Thursday, and then you go back to the GH on Friday, and so forth, and so on. You could try it, see what it does for your blood sugar, right? Like it would, That mm-hmm. would be an experiment worth trying that you could literally see the results of. You wouldn't have to guess, right? I've seen a few people run that, and they, 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 they believe it, 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 it's 
Good. Hmm. All right. Here we go. We're gonna now we're gonna tear up Chase Irons. At least I am. Fuck Chase Irons. No, I'm kidding. I like Chase. But you can take that as like a little clip and send it to him where I just said that one little part and start some drama. Uh, question for the next show. Chase Irons had said that he feels 20 milligrams of pharmacy Anivar is equal to or stronger than 100 milligrams of most UGL Anivar. Do you agree with this? I have access to 10 milligram pharmacy Anivar tabs, um, but they're a bit pricey. Wondering if it's worth it. Thanks. Just hang on one second. All right. I'll share my thoughts while okay. Dave does that. Right. Okay. Look, sorry. I had something to deal with, right? I've lost the key to the office. So. Well, yeah, you did definitely do. And guess why right. you have to deal with it? Because you lost something. You didn't yes. have your shit together, Dave. Well, that's right. No, anyway, back so to this the is question. Your, so it's Not back me. to your... No? No, fuck your, you. It's back to your the question, fault. you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is my fault. Completely. Did, um, you, did, she find the, did your wife find the key? No. So I need to look for the key. But anyway, back to the question. Chase, where the fuck are you buying your Anavar for? You would think Chase Irons has a good hookup on some UGL VAR, you know what I'm saying? He's a smart because, guy. Yeah, but no, not in, not in this. I wouldn't agree with that in the slightest. I would say that there is UGL out there that is that shit. Yes, there probably is. <laughs> but In fact, the I first Anivar I bought was that shit. Most UGL would be, from a point of potency of drug, would probably be within 80, 85 plus percent of what genuine pharma dosing would be i just remembered this dave first time i bought anivar was from a guy who had connections and i didn't and he had bought a bunch of anivar for himself and a little while later he was like hey i'm gonna sell this anivar do you want to buy it and i was like yeah i want some anivar guess what it was shit anivar and guess what i should have figured a drug user who had bought a bunch of anivar for himself but then later decided hey i'm gonna sell it Mm, I, that should have been a clue right there, right? Well, yes, but you've never been the brightest Britain, really, Scott. <laughs> Come on. I've used Pharma Anivar. I had, uh, they were actually a couple times. The last time I used it, they were in these 50 milligram sublingual pieces of wax. It was like this little plastic tray with these little cubes in it. And they had kind of like a mint flavor to them. You put the wax in your mouth under your tongue and let it dissolve. They came from a, um, from a, uh, what do you call it? A, uh, the word's not coming to me. The, the pharmacy is where they make shit. Compounding pharmacy. No, the pharmacy is not where they make shit. The pharmacy is where they sell shit. Have you, you guys don't have compounding pharmacies. Oh, over there. no, sorry. You meant the compounding pharmacies where they make shit. No, we don't, mate. No. Yeah. No. All right. What else do we have here? Who else can we piss off besides Chase Irons? You um, did that, not me. <laughs> it was him, Chase. He did it. It was nothing to do with me. All right. Though I am very worried about where you're buying your gear from. <laughs> uh, how the heck did Arnold and the old timers keep their estrogen under control while they were taking large doses of D-ball? Um, what, if any, anti-estrogen routine did these guys use back in the day? Right. How do you know what dose of D-ball they were taking? I was, a guy told me 
that a guy told him that a guy used to train in the same gym as Arnold and that they just had candy dishes of D-ball and they just ate them all day long. For real, I did hear that. You you get my point, though. A a lot of people will say, oh, so-and-so does X, Y, Z. Really? Because unless it's come out of their mouth, I would be very dubious about that. Um, I suspect they manage estrogen the same way we manage fucking estrogen. All right, they might not have used DHTs, but they would have used anti-estrogen medication. It's been around for a while. No, the Novadex was like the 80s. And then Arimidex, yeah, and, and then Arimidex came after. So they they that was a later. They didn't have anything back in those days. No, um, I apologize then. I, so you I had to just corrected. so you just had to like run your shit carefully. I think. Well, I mean, a lot of the old school stuff was driven by to observe experience, wasn't it? And and yeah. And then talk to the next guy and what he did and what he got. And between the two of you, you work out, oh, well, if you got that and I got this, if we do that, that should work. Yeah. Um, and they didn't get it that wrong for a lot of the time, to be fair. Um, I mean, the reason the old test decker D-ball cycles worked was, and one of the reasons why they grew well off them was because of the fact that estrogen was elevated. Yeah. Um. I don't think their time on or their periods on were anywhere near as long as what you see now. Agreed. I can't comment on doses because I actually have no real-world knowledge of what doses they ran. Um, And I don't think many people will actually genuinely know what Arnold ran or what, you know, Lou ran and people like that. Um, obviously, when you start getting into the 90s and 2000s, there's a bit more information around doses. All, all those people are a bit more accessible to find out what they did. Yeah. But um, I, I don't I don't think Arnold... I think Arnold went on record saying he'd done 96 steroid cycles throughout his career, but I don't think he's ever gone on record saying what he used in the term of doses. I'm surprised he counted, you know, 96. I don't know if I'm right with that. It's some, you know, when you pick something up and you're not sure where you heard it from. But I believe when didn't he become some sort of official representation of sports in America or something? He was on the president. He was the president's council of fitness for a while. It was something to do with that. That in order to make good for that position, he had to uh, do something about declaring what he'd done. Yeah. And I believe that's where the figure came from, but it may be utter bullshit at the end of the day. I say I remember hearing it somewhere, and I can't remember if the source was decent or not. I do know guys that ran gear in the 80s, and of course these guys are not Arnold, but I know dosing was really moderate back then. Like mm-hmm. A cycle may have been, um, like I think it was like 100 or 200 milligrams of DECA every two weeks. Like That was the cycle. That was it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think um, Robbie Robinson. Yes, he's talked a bit about his Decker cycles, hasn't there? Yeah, he has, hasn't he? But they they weren't big doses. It's funny because people just assume that, like, if somebody's big, that they're like, "Oh, that guy uses a lot." Like Nate Spear, who's a new IFB pro, he's good friends of the programming. He was on one of the shows and he said, yeah, I really like trend. Trend works well for me. And that translated to one of our listeners asking about trend in the off season and saying, I know Nate Spear uses a shit ton of it. 
Yeah. You know? Like he uses uh, that, a boatload. And that that's effectively what happens. And yeah. I mean, we, we spoke to Nate um, Styles about yeah. his usage and, and there was nothing astronomical or scary or high in any of that. And the man's a fucking... I'm bearing in mind that his transition's only a couple of years old. Yeah. You know, he's he's put a huge amount of size on in the last two years and, and predominantly driven by training. Oh, here's another one. This is not a question. This was a comment. So we were talking about uh, first cycles. And uh, Connie says, um, first cycle was 1987. Went to Tijuana with my older brother and his friends. Got uh, Riforvit B. How do you say that? That's the old uh, D-ball. Reforvit, there we go. Reforvit B, um, had a single injection. It almost died from the extreme pain. But I, I was saying that you know that's so cool. I would have loved to have seen like the Tijuana aspect. I would have loved to have seen what it was like back then. And Connie had said, "Brother, it was a great time. We would drive early in the morning, usually about four or five of us, visit the pharmacias and literally spend pennies on our gear." We'd stop and eat tacos or we'd get whole chickens from a uh, fire roasted from the street from this little old man who always gave us free beans and tortillas if we paid for the chickens in American cash. After we ate, um, we had a picnic table. We had a, uh, He had a picnic table. We'd cross the border checkpoint in the late afternoon, evening, and we never got stopped once at that checkpoint. It just sounds like a hell of a time, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. All right. Um, yeah, we already did that one. How about we go to this one then? Um, is estrogen control necessary for 300 milligrams of mass or 300 milligrams of testy, 100 milligrams of mast pee every other day for 10 weeks and 50 milligrams of trend ACE for the last four weeks? He says, love the show. Keep it up. Greetings from Argentina. I wonder if they get their gear legally in Argentina. It's going to be close. It's going to be borderline, is that? So he's got 300 Mast- tests per week, right? And Yeah, and 300 mast effectively off the mast beat every day. I know it's not okay. quite like that. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's... I, Depending on his natural estrogen sensitivities, he should potentially get away with that, I think. All right. Um, I wasn't sure about this one. He says, question for the next episode. What serum concentrations testosterone level should I have one day after injecting 350 milligrams of test E? I'm wondering if my stuff is legit. Last blast, my first one, I've been using 500 milligrams of test per week split into two injections and the lab showed me over 5,000 nanograms per deciliter uh, with normal range of 200 to 700. Let me brag a bit. It was awesome. I gained 15 kilos of not bad quality tissue and lost only three kilos on cruise. Strength went up a lot and it was test only. This time I'm taking 350 milligrams of test, 300 milligrams of Masteron per week, split into three injections. Labs showed me only at 1,165 <coughs> one day after injecting on third week of blast. Strange. Does it depend on my body's ability to metabolize it faster or slower? Uh, um, 
Or is there something about the quality of my gear? Regards from Poland. Shout out to James in Poland. So, in part, some of it will be how long you'd been on your previous cycle before you tested, because your peak plasma is probably going to be about week seven, eight. Yeah. On oh. on five hundred mig. So, if you tested yeah. your five hundred mig at week eight, the level will be much higher than it would have been at week three. Hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is what's upper limit on NGDL for states? Like a thousand, somewhere right around there. Right, I'll just do some maths. So I would have said that the 5,000 area would be sort of where I would ex. No, actually, probably a bit high off 500 meg, but it's. it's that's all the sounds of Dave's brain working. We normally don't get to hear those sounds. Yeah. See, I'd expect. I'd expect normally a five hundred mega. I'd probably expect somewhere around the three and a half thousand. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe a bit more. Um, and of three fifty, I would expect it to be. Two to three. It's going to be different for everybody too, though, right? Just like we need different TRT levels to reach the normal range. Yeah, so, right? so there is the to an extent, yes, to an extent. Um, but why but would it be? Yeah, why would it be different now for him? I don't think. Well, I, I suspect that his current test is a little bit underdosed. Is is what I was about to say. Mm, that would make sense to me. I don't think it's hugely underdosed, but I do think it is not. Um, but the 5,000 seems high for his previous dosing as well. Not massively high, but more than I expect. You know what I noticed is people find good gear. They have a great cycle, and they're like, oh, next time I'm going to try this brand. Well, what the fuck do you want to do that? You found good gear. Stick with what works. You know what I'm saying? Stick with the shit that you found that um, works, and don't try some other random shit just because you want to experiment. But obviously, we I, I I don't know when he tested in terms of how long his cycle is wrong when he tested and got the five thousand. So it's a bit hard to say. Yeah, and I know it's I know it's greater than five thousand, but it could be five thousand and one. It could be seventeen thousand. Obviously, we don't know. So the only thing I can work on is the five thousand number. All right, um, Scuba Steve. He uh, often comments. Thank you, Steve, for helping to support the show with that. Um, what would be optimal for strength and size? 500 milligrams of DECA or 200 milligrams of NPP? Well, well, if, you, if you're talking weekly dose, then 500 milligrams of DECA. Yeah. I mean, not only are you taking more drug, but you have more carryover week to week because of the extended half-life. What would be more effective, Dave? 200 milligrams of NPP or 500 milligrams of NPP? Did you just blow Seven, a kiss at me? 700. 700 is the answer. This is the correct answer. <laughs> All right, let's see if we've got a couple more here. Um, let's see. Oh, Scott, I know you mentioned your libido issues a while ago. Just curious, did you sort that out for the next show? Thanks. Yeah, so... I couldn't figure it out, Dave. My libido was like getting weird. I got my estrogen tested. I didn't go any further than that. Got my test tested. 
my free test tested. It was good. I didn't want to dig any further. So you know what I said? I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to come off every, if I increased the test, it didn't fix anything. If I ran an AI, it didn't fix anything. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to dig any deeper. I'm just going to stop taking everything for a minute. Stop my TRT. And then I reapproached it. I gave it two weeks off of everything. I hadn't been off a of TRT in a long time. I was like, I'm just going to stop, let my test levels crash out and then start fresh with a lower dose. So guess what? It worked. Hadn't had an issue since. It's just when you said libido issues, I just thinking that you were finding yourself sexually attracted to buckets or something, you know, buckets, yeah. cabbages, mops. <laughs> I got this problem. Oh, oh, this is a long one. We'll finish with oh, this. Oh, I can't do long ones. Well, he needs our help is the thing. He's about 30% body fat. Um, and he says used to be obese. He's guessing he's 30% body fat. So he was 388. Now he's 250. He's 42 well done, years sir. old. He's well a type done, 2 That's diabetic. It's a big drop. Yes. It says currently on TRT, 200 milligrams. Um, basically split up twice a week. Oh, plus uh, he currently added in uh, 300 milligrams of test probe per week, 300 milligrams of NPP per week, 25 milligrams of Proviron every day, half a milligram of Arimidex once a week plus the TRT, also on 0.9 units of genotropin GH, um, which he takes every morning. Um, plus he's on 2,000 milligrams of metformin and uh, 30 units of Tujo. It's a long-acting insulin. So he's on insulin, and he says, I'm on Novolog, Usually 10 units before meals, eating about five to six times a day. Right. He's got a whoa, bunch whoa, of questions. Whoa, whoa. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Well, surely he's type 1 diabetic then. Why? Because he's using insulin. He doesn't need to be, is what you're saying. Well, no, I just, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, even unless he's taking it for, from the performance point of view, but, um, you know, my, I always, Unless things have changed, I don't know. But I always was on the, you know, type 1 is insulin dependent. Type 2 is metformin. Well, that's usually often the treatment, but you could use mm. insulin. Oh, yeah, you could. I just, I, I was just assuming that that element was this medication side of things. But anyway, go on. But it, so his questions were, though, uh, how does this cycle look to you? And he says, since I'm using fast-acting esters, uh, I'm going to stop right there, though. How does the cycle look to you? Because there's a lot of questions, and I don't think we can answer all of them. He also asked uh, how is game for protein, like gator, bison, elk. If the pro if the protein fat is good, like compared to chicken, you know, then you're good. Or if you need more fats, then there you go. You could use that. But what do you think of a guy who's this size, who's still trying to focus on fat loss, is really what he needs to do, and he's running a bunch of gear. I mean, when I say a bunch, a number of different compounds, along with insulin, along with metformin, along with long-acting insulin. It seems a bit kitchen sink. There's a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, and to be fair, I get it. I get that you've lost a load of weight. 138 pounds is a lot of weight. Uh, and you're keen to possibly address that by now replacing in your head, replacing that with some muscle tissue. 
but you're still 30% body fat and that's a guesstimation at that um, which would put you really wanting to be sub 200 even down as low as the 180s before you'd be in anywhere near good condition um, so I, I'd be in an ideal scenario I would say continue on the weight loss stick with the TRT and fuck everything else off yeah um, I, I think the, the, there is a lot going on there. Uh, I think the GH dosing is way too high. Um, I don't like the level of insulin use, um, particularly with the metformin as well. Yeah. Um, I think that could potentially be a recipe. Um, and I would have probably just gone, to be honest, if, if you want. I understand that he's wanting to use fast acting esters so it clears his system quicker. But if your endo has any brain cells, he will still see all sorts of other shit that's left residual from that and start worrying. For example, thickening the blood, lowering of HDL. And he's going to be like, how has your TRT dose ended up with these problems? Yeah. Let's, let's reduce your TRT dose. Yes, exactly. So I would be very careful on that front. But the other thing is just to bear in mind that, that fat has androgen receptors. So when you're a fat fucker like me, if you choose to run gear, you are going to lose some of that gear in the fat. Hmm you will get much better uptake and much better response if you are leaner in the first instance. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's not at 30%. He's typical of a lot of people, particularly like strongman and that sort of level of things and powerlifters that will be on gear. Um, but when he's got the tricky situation of trying to manage his levels around his TRT and his doctor, it does make it a little bit more awkward. Uh, the other thing is obviously the high level of fat, you're going to get a high level of aromatization, but you are going to get an increased clearance level as well. Hmm. So um, I don't think there's such an issue from a point of view of levels dropping fast enough for his doctor treatment. I'm not keen on the, the 9GH. I'm not keen on the insulin element on top of that as well. Um, uh, and I'm assuming he's doing it to grow muscle tissue or is he continuing in a calorie deficit to try and continue to lose fat or go a little bit more on the recomp lines? I would, I would have just kept it simpler. I think there's too much going on personally. I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And some of these things are kind of like pressing the gas and pumping the brake at the same time, you know? A little bit, yeah. Insulin is a storage hormone. That said, I would be really curious if he's a type 2 diabetic, what's going to happen to him if he just stops the insulin now? You know, there could be a, a whole like resetting phase here. Um, I would probably, because of his condition, being a type 2 diabetic, I would at least for now, until he got lean, remove the growth hormone. Yes, growth hormone can help with fat loss, but growth hormone can also mess with your blood sugar. And if you're type 2, if you're any kind of diabetic, that will make it worse. There's no question. I know a lot of great bodybuilders, including like a couple pros. I know a pro that's a type 1 diabetic. And he doesn't use that stuff, you know, like he's just got to be really careful. If there's anything I would stick with, it's the TRT and it would be the metformin. And if you wanted to focus on more fat loss, if you absolutely needed it, then something that was like an actual fat burner, like Clen at a low dose, not the GH. And I don't see the need for the rest of the gear. Maybe, you know, I, I mean, you've made a lot of progress. He has made a hell of a lot of progress. 
but he still has a good chunk to go, you know? I, I do get it, though. I get you lose the weight, you know, and you want to replace that with some muscle size. I do get that. I get the driver behind it. I genuinely do. Yeah. I just think try and be a bit more patient and try and get a bit lower first. Um, but if you were going to do it, then fine. Just simplify it. Don't make it so bloody complex. It doesn't need to be. I couldn't agree more, which we actually agree on something, Dave. We agree that I'm not going to say it. I'm going to be nice. Thank you. I appreciate it for once. Okay. Guys, we appreciate you tuning into the show. Um, Dave, where do you think that fucking key is, man? I fucking don't know. Fuck. Did, when's the last time you saw it? Yesterday morning when I opened up. Okay, so it's not that far then. Oh, fuck knows. I'm fucked. Dave's, guys, Dave's wife is going to be so pissed. So pissed. We appreciate you tuning in. Um... You guys are gonna have to go to eval and get some lab work done by Dave, because he's gonna need he's gonna need to make a few good sales in order to keep his wife happy this week. I might not be here next week. No, where are you going? No, like, like you're in trouble with the wife. You mean like you won't be allowed? Or you're taking might, time off? I might be in a box. Oh, okay. Yeah, guys, if we don't get some more eval sales with lab work. To make Dave's wife happy, because he can at least be like, "Hey, babe, I did the podcast and we got some eval sales. That might help." So, anyway, though, seriously, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate you watching, hanging out with Dave and I. If you want to reach out to Dave, go to crosslands.org.uk. You can reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And check out our awesome sponsors, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code Think Strong Sports Nutrition if you're in the United Kingdom. And supplementsource.ca for all sorts of crazy blowout deals in Canada. Dave, it's been a pleasure as always, man. And good luck, dude. I hope you, I am hope you pull fucked. through. Seriously, I am in serious shit here. <laughs> <laughs>